Hey friends, welcome to season two. We're so excited to be back in the studio. I know um, we have sure missed it and I hope you have missed us as well. Uh, We are kicking this season off right with my dear, dear friend, Robin Mallory, who is here to chat about our local farmer's market, our market on Maine, um, supporting our local food systems and much more. Robin brings so much knowledge to the table and passion for food justice and access. And we're really honored for her to take time out of her crazy schedule to talk with us. Robin is a retired registered nurse and longtime proponent of food as medicine approach, which I personally love in order for vibrant health and well-being. So, um, after moving to Evansville in 2013, she has been a force to be reckoned with um, here locally. We're so glad to have her in our community. She joined the board of Urban Seeds, ultimately taking a leadership role as the director. So Robin is dedicated advocate for food justice with an enthusiasm for community outreach and partnerships that uh, diminish disparity and access to nourishing foods while addressing systemic barriers pretty cool, right? We definitely need a lot of Robins. Um, As a seasoned health educator, she now focuses on meal planning, shopping, and cooking on a budget via the um, Nourish program, which is um, Urban Seed's signature program, as well as educating community leaders um, and deciders about the imperatives of supporting a robust local food economy. Like I said, she's a force. Let's get to it. Robin, thanks so much for being with me today. Hi, Mayor. I'm happy to be here. Thank you. I always love talking with you anytime. So it is a treasure to have you on the podcast. I've been wanting to do this for quite some time. And now the timing is perfect since the market just launched uh, last week. Yes. So, on Maine. yes. So, um, for those folks who are lucky enough to live in this area, and I'm super lucky because I work a block and a half away, I can walk down every Wednesday. Would you let's start off by telling folks what is Mar- Market on Maine? It is a weekly farmer's market for 16 weeks. So, we typically start in the early part of June and go through the middle of September. This is our fourth year. We are blessed to have a market manager who's new to us, but is doing a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Her name is Heidi Doss. She's great. Yes, she is, and super organized. And it's it's just from a leadership perspective uh, to be able to know confidently that she's just crossing off all the list items. It's terrific. Uh, so our market is meant to elevate the local farmers, to, to mm. bring awareness to the wonderful a myriad of foods that are grown and produced here in our local area, but also somewhat regionally. Our definition of local food is within 100 miles of uh, oh. Evansville. Okay. So we have a number of produce and uh, other food vendors like meat vendor. Uh, we have some herb uh, herbs that are being sold this year through um, Darnell Schoolhouse Farm. Uh, we also have a lot of artisans this year, soap and well, uh, candles uh, and um, jewelry and that yeah. sort of thing. So again, highlighting local talent, local uh, commerce, you know, the more we support our local growers, producers and artisans, the more economic development and economic strength there is here in yes, Vanderbilt County. In our community. Yes. Absolutely. So great place to get local meats, honey, produce jam breads uh there's a gal that's new to us this year she's makes cinnamon rolls and all kinds of yes goodies. i oh, tasted those to, this yes, morning that's right you went for that <laughs> so good um, highly recommend sweet yes. mother daughter maybe it looked like 
grandma winter. and her oh. and her granddaughter. Yes, okay, go so, grandma. Yeah, she she's great. She wants to create memories. She says with her oh. grandkids this summer. So precious. Um, Yes, and we so we get to facilitate that too when we that shop. Sweet? All those isn't little that things that we well, don't think about. One of the things about our market that's that's I think somewhat unique, as opposed to Franklin Street, which is a fantastic market, mm-hmm. uh, but so much bigger and and so many more artisans and and. It, so much more traffic, you know, so many more people can go on a Saturday than are available to go on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things about our market being smaller is that there are specific vendors that folks come back to every week. You know, they yeah. go, they go to Stoll's every week for certain produce pieces. They go to 10 Barge Farms for their chicken or their eggs. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, um, new to us this year also is Fisher And then those Farms. relationships get to develop too, which is really cool. Well, yes. And, and I'm sure- You get sure, to know um, the farmer and where your food's and coming that's from. And such a, that's such a, a central tenant to a vibrant local food system is know your farmer, know where your food comes from, know how they cultivate that food. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you have special needs or special requirements in terms of what you do want to see in your food or you don't want to see, you can find that out from your local farmer. When you shop commercially, you just have no way of knowing what's in your food or how that food was derived. Absolutely. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. You were going to say something was new this Oh, um, just mentioning that we have Fisher Farms this year, which is out of the Princeton area, a, a really huge beef and pork producer. Um, I got to meet Joseph Fisher through some of the statewide work that I'm doing for growing vibrant local food systems. Uh, He's a real advocate for farmers coming together to aggregate all of their goods and just to strengthen, you know, sort of a local farmer's hub, if you Mm will. Um, So he used to sell out of Elbert's. And of course, we we lost Elbert's, unfortunately, this year. Uh, So he's now selling here through our farmer's market, which I'm just thrilled about. Great, yeah. Yes, and and people can pre-order and or just go by and, and pick up uh, whatever they're selling every Wednesday. So that's a nice addition to have that fresh meat at our market. Yeah. Okay. So just some of the uh, strategic details every Wednesday morning for 16 weeks from nine to one, nine to one. Yes. Uh, and it's, it's, we've got a nice venue there between 6th uh, Street and Martin Luther King on the Ford Center Plaza. We close the road. So it's a nice, you know, kind of mm-hmm. a, a celebration vibe going on there um there's music playing today which is really nice yes so Heidi has lined up an incredible uh, array of musicians from 11 30 to one o'clock every actually pardon me it's 11 to 12 30 every okay. day uh each Wednesday um and we also have food trucks that come around 10, 10 30, and then they're there for the lunch hour as well. So nice. So, so many people who work downtown, they can come, yes. sit outside, beautiful weather most yes. of the time, yes. and uh, get a food, you know, grab some lunch and then grab some local produce and goodies while you're there on your lunch yes. hour. Yes. Which yes. is fantastic. You know, and I will say, we get interesting feedback about the market when, when the, original downtown market decided to close four years ago at the end of 2018. That was a Friday market. Many people remember that market. Mm -hmm. Um, But the farmers actually chose our Wednesday venue because they like to harvest midweek and then the then the follow-up with the Saturday markets, which are typical for most communities to have Saturday farmer's markets. Yeah. They didn't want to harvest two days in a row. That affects the way the produce is growing, but also it just intensifies their labor. This way they can stagger their time out in the field. Um, so they chose the Wednesday. And 
we understand that for some people, they'll sort of um, mention it's a little inconvenient to come on Wednesdays because they, they work too far away. Their lunch break doesn't accommodate that. We understand that. Um, and we do have wonderful Saturday markets, but this Wednesday market is meant to be uh, in favor of the growers and producers who chose that day. Um, and we are looking at possibly some evening markets, like maybe at 3 p.m. to 8 p.m., which would oh wow, you know, sort of change things up a little bit. So we're yeah. just beginning to explore that. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. How good to know yeah. the yes. reasoning. So if people wonder, that seems uh, odd. Maybe. And that's why I brought it up, because it's not like great. people are complaining to us, per se, but but we do hear that, mm-hmm. you know, gee, how can I get there? And and I, I understand that dilemma. But sure. there are people that work downtown or are nearby, at least they have that uh, opportunity. And then we have so many families, so many parents come out with their kids. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of kids market. in strollers and yes. stuff today. That was yes. fantastic. Um well, that, that is great. It seems like a nice long market season. So then you can encompass different foods, I seasonal guess, it's a seasonal food. soup, yes, foods, yes. right? Right. So it, it's a, uh, I wouldn't call it lean. In fact, the weather this year has been so temperate that, that the growers got a head start. And most growers are now uh, starting in hoop houses. So they can actually have tomatoes on the vines, uh, you know, in like March or April that come oh, wow. to ripen early. It's a, it's a different world now with some of the technologies having changed. Um, and by technology, just to be clear, I mean, you know, heat and light, not, yeah. not anything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we start off with the early season produce, uh, and that is usually a lot of greens, um, some of the, um, cruciferous vegetables because they tend to bolt once it gets really hot. So, uh, lettuce, broccoli, cauliflower, for instance, Brussels sprouts, they grow too quickly in the heat. So we see the season change, uh, the kind of produce that's offered. And somebody asked today when our melons coming, well, we're all eager for that, Mm -hmm. but that's a later in the season produce piece, for instance. And those are all good things to learn and know and to appreciate about Yes, and, and eating local and eating seasonally. And and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we circled to that because, um, you know, hmm, it's an interesting place we are in, uh, in this country in particular, because there's a familiarity with blueberries in January, for instance, but mm-hmm. those blueberries come from 3,500 miles away. They're, they're grown, uh, in South America. Uh, they're, they're sent up here by plane, which means that there's that whole environmental consideration mm-hmm. in terms of the, the fuel and such. Um, but often there's a halting of the ripening because they don't want them to get too, too ripe in, in the transit. transportation. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, you know, what we encourage is buy your berries in bulk when they're in season locally, wash them, lay them on a cookie sheet, put them in the freezer, and then put them in, in good containers. And then you'll have your blueberries for Christmas blueberry pie, for instance. Um, that's a way to support local economy, but also be mindful of the planet. Uh, and just, you know, recognize that we're somewhat entitled in the United States, even though there's so much disparity in access to whole foods, uh, and, and fresh foods, but it's sort of bratty, if you will, to Mm -hmm. expect to have blueberries in January for, that's just one example. So seasonality in terms of our choices is really an important concept when we look to support a vibrant local food system, how can we do our part to help our local growers? And part of that is changing our expectations. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely does. And I love the tip of, yeah, buy them in bulk when they're in season. Right. I've already done that with my strawberries. uh, And uh, actually I got a bunch of um, 
Morels. Now mm. that that's a whole other story because we don't we're not selling any morels at our market, uh, but they're seasonal. They come in yeah. the spring, and I invested in morels, and uh, I actually dehydrated them, so I've got just a oh. whole ton that I'll be able to use all through the winter. It so. is fun during that morel season. Everyone on social media they're posting their <laughs> hunting, foraging yes. for their morels yes. and their picks, and oh, they're just beautiful and yes. fun. So yeah, you always I always know when those are in season based yeah. on everyone's excitement sure. and sure. posting of. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> of their harvests, um, and I and I think we've touched on it a little bit, but I really want to um, drive home why is it important to support local farmers, and and what are ways that we can do that and have access to that? Like we hear of CSAs, or you know, obviously we've, we're talking about the farmers market, so that's one way to have access and to support. But what are what are some other options? So this is a very multifaceted dilemma. Um, we tend to embrace convenience. Mm. And it is convenient, I'll agree, to go to Target or Walmart, um, and I guess even Costco, for instance, and get your TP and get your tinfoil and get your greeting cards and also buy your food. Mm. And I get that. Uh, and I, I'm not wanting to sound like I'm just totally um, oblivious to how busy life is and how we do have to sort of economize on the way we spend our time. Sure. Um, however, the food that's bought at those big box stores that I just mentioned as examples, um, and this applies to any big box store, those foods are not grown locally. And they've, again, been shipped from a far away place uh, and or they've been irradiated, so they stopped the ripening. I mean, you know, all of those considerations... So the convenience factor needs to be sort of set aside when you're looking at this gorgeous produce and, and other local foods, meats and such that we have available to us, especially during the summer season. Although, again, that's extending into the other seasons as well. So there's there's that consideration. When we are willing to shop at the farmer's market, which is a fun experience, mm-hmm. uh, or for instance, our local farmers have come together and they've started a food hub, an online food hub called Local Source SWI. You may have been familiar with, uh, it was called, I believe, Market Place, no, Market Wagon. Right. That was, pardon me, a quote, online uh, farmer's market that pulled out of uh, Southwest Indiana. They pulled out of the Vanderburg uh, Warwick area. And our farmers came together to form their own platform. Fantastic. Yes, localsourcesswi.com. And so many of the farmers that sold on Market Wagon, for instance, they're now part of Local Source. And you can go online, you can pre-order uh, meat and all the produce pieces, all the herbs, uh, even spices I've seen now, and you can order that ahead, and then you pick up every Thursday. They're open uh, over on 3rd and Walnut Street for their pickup. And they'll be expanding as they just get their feet under them. They've only been open about three months. So that's another way that we can invest. And and it may be out of the range of your big box store, but if you pre-order, I know so many people pre-order at Walmart or wherever, mm-hmm. and then they yeah. just pull and up. they do their so, pickups. Right, yeah. So that, this is the same thing, but you're supporting local farmers and local producers. Excellent. So, so there's that. That's an option for you as well. And then there are CSAs. So, and what does that mean? 
community-supported agriculture, and that is a way that you literally invest in the farm. So I've been buying uh, from a farmer uh, locally for many years now, and I literally pay for my farm share in January. That allows her to buy her seeds and whatever amendment she needs to nourish her soil. Uh, And then I get this incredibly huge and beautiful box every week for about 20 weeks. Mine includes eggs because I happen to be an egg eater um, and the, the, the produce is just gorgeous. And it's not every piece of produce that I typically eat uh, mm-hmm. every week. So I do sometimes have to supplement that by shopping elsewhere. But yeah. um, when you invest in a farmer, then again, you know exactly what's happening with your food before yeah. you even get it. And you're supporting that local grower. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it, it's not inconvenient. She brings the food, you know, close by for a pickup spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I really enjoy that. You know, I, I love yeah. knowing where my food came from and I love supporting her. And it's like, I own part of the farm, so to speak. Yeah. You know, yeah. So I might even challenge you to, to get something you may not have normally purchased and think, Oh, what is this? And how can I eat it and cook yes. it? Yes, And a good, and a, and a <laughs> thorough CSA, which, which this one happens to be, and I'm sure many, many others around here are like this. Um, she gives, uh, sends a letter every week electronically with what's in the box. And she includes recipes for some of the odd oh, nice. pieces, like, like a kohlrabi. I, I mean, I've been vegetarian mm. for you know decades now, but kohlrabi is an odd vegetable. Yeah. And, and yet she gave some great ideas for how to roast it and what to mix it with, you know, so oh, that it would, it would blend in, you know. So, um, yeah, and all that food is so nutrient-dense because it was picked one, I mean, the same day you get it or maybe the day before. So it's very, very high in nutrient value and hasn't traveled far, so there's no petrol miles associated with that or very little petrol miles. And um, it keeps our local dollar in our local economy, so everybody wins in that model. Absolutely. So I think you, you really did a beautiful job just then of sort of sum, summarizing. And I know there are many other reasons that we could expound upon, but the impact on the environment is much less. Mm-hmm. Um, the nutrient density is much higher. So healthier for us, healthier mm-hmm. for the planet, and healthier for our economy. Yes. I mean, so it's really... It's a great trifecta of why we should support our local sure. farmers and local food systems. And then um, another like environmental piece is just knowing how our food is grown. You know, is it grown regeneratively? Is it grown without the use of tons of chemicals and right. that are unnecessary and various things? So, um, and then again, just having the, those relationships and that's important too sure. and really special. And, and to that point, Mary, there's a, another consideration which which may seem sort of uh, tangential or like sort of out there, but when you buy when when a person buys food at Target or uh, Costco or wherever Walmart Schnucks even all those places. Um, it has been grown on what I call a factory farm. Factory farms mm-hmm. are not just for pigs and cows, but it's been on, it's a giant corporate farm. They till their soil, which means they break up all uh, the, the methane gases and such, which, which then get unfortunately released back into back. the mm-hmm. environment. They, they increase their carbon footprint. Um, and the soil so depleted, they have to add so much man-made stuff to that soil so that the produce pieces grow. Then, of course, they spray the heck out of it with all kinds of insecticides and herbicides, which we ingest then. Yes. I assure you, we ingest all that. Um, and, uh, 
then, uh, you know, again, is picked before or harvested before it's truly ripened and then sent to us, you know. So um, there there are health concerns associated with that, that, you know, factory farming. And yet those pieces of produce or meat, whatever we're talking about, um, in comparison to local, they are less expensive because they're grown so cheaply with so little consideration to all the other factors that we just talked about and at such large scale using either undocumented workers who are treated badly and paid low wages or giant machines, which you know then just tear up the soil even more. I mean, again, I don't mean to get too out there um, no, that's good. with this philosophy, but when we buy local, the, those bugs often are squashed with fingertips and, you know, wearing gloves, of course, um, or they're pulled off or they might use diatomaceous earth, you, you know, which is a earth-friendly uh, yeah. kind of product that just, you know, pulverizes slugs and those kinds of pests. Um, I mean, there's many ways to manage pests that don't use chemicals. And our smaller farmers can do that. Yet, because it's so much more labor intensive and they don't grow at such high yield because they don't have massive uh, investment into their fields, um, their harvest is smaller, so their prices are a bit higher. Sure. So for some of us, we're blessed. But it's more of a true cost. Because well, all of the, there's so many other costs aren't considerate. And that's exactly what I was going to eventually get, get to. You're exactly right. So it seems higher priced up front, perhaps, but um, there's so much longer term benefit to that seemingly higher price. And then the other side to that, because my work is in food justice, and that might sound completely oblivious to those of our community members, cherished community members who are living in poverty. Mm-hmm. So a $3.99 tomato per pound tomato versus 99 cents that was grown in a hot house injected with um, with a woody kind of a fiber so that the tomato doesn't ripen too quickly. I mean, you've cut a tomato open that's white and yes. hard on the inside. That's, right. they've, that's been modified. That tomato's been oh. modified. So, so po- point is that that price consideration is real for so many families Absolutely. in our community. But when we buy more from local growers, their price point can yes. slowly drop to something that's more comparable to the bigger box stores. So, in those of us who can, then we can we are we are actually helping to we're uplifting the entire absolutely community. Yes. yes yes. And one thing I do want to point out that is really special is that you do have a, a snap benefit option at, at the market the fa- correct yes, at yes. For, uh, market on main correct and, and is that bazaar uh frank, at frank street, street as well so Great. right so urban seeds administers the snap benefits so we run the ebt card at the market we give vouchers that can then use, be used to purchase uh, all the staple foods which is nearly everything at the market but the um food trucks mm-hmm. uh but we also have generous donations that allow us to give double bucks. Double bucks is we, we give up to $10 extra. That's just for produce. So it's a way for us to increase access to fresh fruits and vegetables for any family that has EBT up to $10 each week they can buy at the market. Wow, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah, we're, yes. we're really proud of that. I don't want to forget to recommend Kiss the Ground. When you were talking about um, industrial farming versus regenerative farming and those things, I just recently watched a documentary that talked so much. I learned so much from it. Kiss the Ground, highly recommend watching that. Um, but I want to circle back around to when you were talking about food justice. So to shift gears just a smidge, 
I would love for you to tell our listeners about Urban Seeds a little bit and the work that you do and, and what they do. Well, thank you for that. Uh, so Urban Seeds, we are a small nonprofit organization. We have very rich partnerships in the community. We partner with Wellborn Baptist Foundation, Health and Communities Partnership, The Promise Zone, uh, Trinity United Methodist Church, Dream Center. I mean, just so, so many other wonderful nonprofits. Our mission is to increase access to nourishing food for everyone in our community while we are lifting up our local and regional farmers and food producers. So it starts with the the increasing awareness why it matters, the kinds of foods that are chosen. Uh, And then uh, as we just already discussed, you know, how you access those foods that that are grown regionally and locally. and then we take it the next several steps further because so many families feel either that they don't have the time to cook using whole foods, you know, foods that are whole in their nature that haven't been already processed. Um, and the time management is really a, a very relevant piece for so many people. Yeah. But there are many families that don't have they haven't been exposed to scratch cooking and they just are unfamiliar with cooking from scratch. They don't know what to do with these whole produce pieces or a chunk of beef or a whole chicken, for instance. Um, They may not understand food safety, how to prepare these foods uh, with safety in mind. They may only have a microwave as their only source of heat in the kitchen. They may not have enough utensils to put together a proper meal that might take a pot and a pan and a a baking dish, for instance. Um, So we have classes that talk about how to meal plan, shop, and cook on a budget. And I always add in my little kitchen zen flair to that, which is how you economize on your time in the kitchen, how you... can, can make wonderful, gorgeous meals, but just sort of one blitz of preparation. And yes. that, that's a, a, another piece that we love to teach. So um, we're involved with initiatives that increase access. We have our Nourish program, which is our uh, bulk food buying program. We're able to offer themed grocery bags at below wholesale pricing due to generous grants that we have wow. received. Wonderful. Um, we're and now that the season is here, we're beginning to incorporate more locally grown and regionally grown foods into our grocery bags. Um, Book and Cook is starting in yes, a couple of weeks. I, I love this fantastic. program. It is a cooking autonomy and literacy program. Uh, we partner with EVPL, the public library, and Legacy Taste of the Garden, and we teach third to fifth graders over six months uh, various cooking techniques. They actually prepare the meal alongside us. Um, well, it's virtual. They do it in their own home, mm-hmm. uh, but they get books from the library that are read either at the library with their families that uh, allow us to share very ethnically diverse dishes. This year, I'm, I'm really excited about what we have uh, chosen for recipes. and. Then again, we oversee the SNAP at the market. So that's another way to help increase the access for those whole foods. Amazing. Yeah. I So many fingers into the community, so yes. much reach, and we just love what you do. Well, you know, um, the message is compelling, and there's not a soul, regardless of your, you know, flavor, beliefs, colors, whatever, um, when we talk about children going to bed hungry mm. and when we talk about the fact that there are children, so many in this community that don't eat a fresh piece of fruit for an entire week at a time, yeah. that that's just not 
okay. No. We need to nurture and nourish our children so they become our next generation of leaders in this community. And the foods that children are relegated to by USDA freebies, you know, the handouts at either schools or after-school programs. Of course, there's a place for that. I understand. But those shelf-stable convenience foods are so cheap. They're so low in nutritional value. They're so high. High in sugar. Well, (laughs) not not just high fructose corn syrup. So, so not just sugar, but like the worst version of sugar, but food dyes and other emulsifiers that affect brain chemistry. It leads to obesity uh, and, and early puberty. And, you know, then there's the concern about chronic diseases, diabetes, yes. hypertension. Yeah. Um, there's a terrible injustice in food access. I mean, injustice, unfortunately, is very front and center, I think, in so many aspects of our community and our um, society as a whole. But food justice can be realized here in Evansville. We're, we've got that, and I know you've heard me say it, I feel so strongly about the small city, big town mm-hmm. relationships we have here. Yeah. And when children go to bed hungry or have only the next morning, a Pop-Tart and a low-fat chocolate milk, that is not going to sustain that child's brain power to get through the day, to learn, to to play. And then we wonder why they're hyper. We wonder why they're, you know, carrying extra pounds. And um, we've got to change that. So through my Urban Seeds work collectively, because we have such wonderful volunteers and a great staff and, and just so many beautiful partnerships in the community, we are committed to seeing this through. It, it's it's not, uh, there's no end in sight, mm-hmm. but we are committed to keep uh, plodding along with these marvelous initiatives and make a difference however we can. Well, you are making a difference. You have been, and we commend you for well, sure. There's lots of work to continue to be doing, yes. and um, we're glad you're at the helm. Well, and I appreciate that. that. But, but sometimes it's just having those difficult conversations. Yes. So if you're seeing 60 kids after school in a wonderful after school program, you know, the parents mm-hmm. are still working, but they're getting, uh, uh, you know, I can't even think of some of the names cause I'm not all that familiar, but the processed right, whatever packaged processed foods snacks, that you can buy mm-hmm. wherever Costco or wherever that come yeah. in those little mini pouches. Um, sure. The kids are going to love them cause they taste good right but who you know the, the ingredient list is just appalling i'm a nurse and a health educator i get how food affects our well-being or can be detrimental to our well-being yeah. and those conversations are hard but we have to have them with the decision makers and mm. the uh, folks that are influencing the lives of children i can't go purchase for an after-school program, but I can talk to the person that does is, purchase. Yes. And let's talk about fresh fruit kebabs two days a week mm-hmm. for their afternoon snack instead of fruit gummies or whatever yes. you know they're getting. So. You know, it was you say that, and my daughter's a fourth-grade teacher, and she made a fruit salad. So to us, thinking such basic thing, we I usually have a bowl of it in my fridge almost all the time. But she brought in the vegetables or fruits, excuse me, um, to school, cut them up with the kids in their class, and made this. And they were just so astonished, right. you know, that that's something you can make. Any any fruit chopped up they've seen has been in a little cup, plastic you know, cup, plastic with cup the, with the, the juice and the pull off, yes. right? Yes. And they just thought you can make this. Right. This is, and they devoured it. So right. a bunch of fourth grade kids devoured this big old mega bowl sure. of fruit salad. Sure. And so t- to the other point is they, it's tasty too. Yes. You know, it's just, they're not presented with that as an option so Correct. often. 
it's not it, just yeah. You know the whole the whole premise with children of eat the rainbow is so yeah. fun, and there's yes. so many things you can do. And that's another program piece that we had prior to the pandemic, when you know, of course everything changed. But we used to do programming for kids where they would do hands-on food preparation and, and our theme was always eat the rainbow because yes. again it's 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 fun for them but those are the powerful foods the foods that are the most colorful naturally are the ones that have the highest amount of nutrition absolutely and that's that's something for all of us no matter what age to remember Good and try point. to do every day yes yes, <laughs> yes. children young and old um, we all need to be eating the rainbow mm-hmm. um well, Robin, thank you so much. Like this is so good. Where so I hope we have inspired others to look into their local food systems, um, dig in a little bit more. How where can folks here locally find um, information about Urban Seeds and Market on Main? Great. So urbanseeds.org is our website. We have a tab on the top that says local farmers and producers, and there's a huge list that's updated all the while that that gives that 100-mile radius for who's growing what and where you can buy it. So that is on our website, oh, urbanseeds.org. And there's also a donate button on that website. Yes, thank and you And so for if that. you are so compelled, truly, all of the things that, that Robin had just mentioned, of all the facets they work in in the community, uh, if it touches your heart, um, please... Yes. Donate. Well, thank you for that. We Tons are of great work. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and then marketonmainevv.com is the farmer's market uh, website. Both of us have a very active Facebook page. So yes. Market on Main EVV on Facebook and uh, same with Urban Seas on Facebook. Okay. I, d- I don't know anything about the other social media platforms. I think, <laughs> I no, think there I, are them. Yes, but I don't know <laughs> they're on Instagram. Yeah. So there I know go. you're on Good. Facebook and Instagram, um, both of those things. So um, follow them, find them, yes, um, please. learn more about them, and uh, even vo- potentially volunteer. Well, th- know. That, is that an is, option? Oh my goodness, yes. There's a there's a big volunteer tab again on the urbanseeds.org page. I also anybody who's listening who uh, this is new information, I'm happy to come and speak to your uh, service group, your church group, your work group. I do a lot of lunch and learns. Again, we're just getting back into that now that it feels a little mm-hmm. bit safer maybe to be out in public. Yeah. Um, I'd love to talk about food system development and how to incorporate healthier foods into daily living. So I'm happy to come and speak. Yeah. Well, we need to have you back on Mm. the podcast so we can address some of those other great topics that you speak on. Thank you. If you're willing. Yeah, always. (laughs) I love you, Mayor. (laughs) Love you. Thank you so much. Always good to be with you. Thanks for sharing what you do, Robin. You inspire me. Thanks again to Robin for being here and sharing her knowledge and passion. I hope you're equally inspired as I am to maybe shop local, a little more local, um, which in turn supports our local farmers, local economy, more nutrient dense foods, and just better for our environment. Maybe you can just think about a certain percentage of your groceries that come from local farmers this season, or be mindful of purchasing in season fruits and vegetables and freeze them so you can have them over the winter months instead of hauling foods across the country or globe. (laughs) Um, I really appreciate this reminder to be more mindful of where our food comes from and that connection and the many benefits of buying local. Uh, One thing I do want to um, share with you is in regards to Urban Seeds is their upcoming farm to table celebration fundraiser. So um, go to their website, urbanseeds.org, 
and check out it's a it's on the very home page you can purchase tickets it's going to be a lovely five course dinner prepared with local ingredients highlighting local farmers bounty prepared by volunteers under the stellar guidance of chef april bakey there will be gluten-free and vegan options available so check that out it's their biggest fundraiser of the year so if anything has resonated with you um, while listening to this podcast in regards to supporting and learning more about urban seas i really encourage you just even to go to their website urbanseeds.org follow them on socials facebook and instagram and connect uh, really encourage that uh, so thanks again for listening and if you've enjoyed this episode we'd love to, for you to connect with us as well you can subscribe and review to our podcast and um, maybe even share it with a friend until next time let's do our best to waste less and live more